This is a River Church podcast production. Good morning, River Church. I am so passionate about what we're going to talk about today. But I think my biggest challenge and insecurity is getting on camera and trying to get this hairdo to to work. You remember Phyllis Diller, for those of you who are over 50? She had this unruly hairdo that she could never put a comb through. And it was kind of her her image that she portrayed was this out of control hairdo. That's my biggest challenge and I want you to know I've spent hours this morning on trying to maintain this thing. But in all seriousness, as we have headed into COVID virus and we are into week three, the thing that I've been thinking about so much is how much it means to be prepared. Even in our own home, there was discrepancy between Todd and I. Kind of normal for us, right? But I went to the store, I bought the toilet paper, paper towels, milk, eggs, etc. And I thought we were good to go. But in his mind, as he talked to people around town, he thought we needed 42 rolls of toilet paper. Well, as it turns out, three weeks in, I have not seen a roll of toilet paper to buy since that original start time. And he was probably right. I could have been more prepared. But now I can beg, borrow, or steal from those of you who've been hoarding if I need a roll. But let's look at Daniel today in chapter 6 and see what he did to be prepared for a crisis. In Daniel chapter 6, it opens with King Darius looking for 120 people to be leaders in the government and three high-ranking commissioners that would be part of that government. Daniel was one of those lead commissioners. It says in verse 3 that Daniel had an extraordinary spirit. There was something about him that was so distinct from other leaders, and Darius recognized that. So as Darius thought through his governmental plan, he wanted to appoint Daniel as head of all those leaders. Well, jealousy arose among them, and they wanted to devise a plan that would take Daniel down, that would change Darius's mind. The plan that they came up with was the thing that they knew strongest about Daniel, his relationship with God. And they said, let's devise a law that says, whoever petitions anyone but Darius will be thrown into the lion's den. So they devised the law, Daniel heard of it, And this is where it gets really good. Daniel made a choice to go home and to go before God in prayer. He made a choice. He went home, it says in verse 10, he opened the windows of his home to Jerusalem. He kneeled down, he prayed three times with gratitude in his heart. And then the last verse says, as he had done several times before. So we see the way Daniel responded. As we face the challenges that we have today, several things threaten us, just like they threatened Daniel. Daniel's life was threatened. Daniel had challenges with this decree. Daniel, fear was beckoning him to fear for his life because of the consequence if he petitioned someone other than Darius. And he knew those consequences. Just like we have fear, we have challenges, we wonder how 
we're going to be provided for in this crisis. We wonder if our health is going to be maintained. We wonder if we're safe. We wonder if we have enough. So what happened after that is the king heard of how Daniel petitioned to his God and he had to, even though he didn't want to, he had to enforce the consequences. So he stayed up and just tried to figure out how he could avoid this because he loved Daniel. But he couldn't. He had to put Daniel in the lion's den. And when he did, he went to Daniel and said, May your God save you. So the next day, the king visited Daniel in the lion's den. And he said, Did your God save you? And Daniel said, My God shut the mouth of the lion, and he saved me. Well, Darius was convinced once more that Daniel's God was powerful and that Daniel's God saved him. And so he made a proclamation to all the land that said, your God is the living God. Your God is the God that endures forever. Your God will not be destroyed. He is over all. He proclaimed that to the whole land. So let's think about this. Daniel had an, a, a response. His response affected Darius. Let's look a little closer. What do we learn from Daniel? He made a decision. John Maxwell says, life is a matter of choices and every choice we make makes you. We have to decide how we want to respond to the fear and insecurity and doubt that we face in the virus. We have to decide, we have to make a decision of how we want to respond. We have control over that choice. Secondly, Daniel knelt before God. Psalm 121.1 says, Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. So Daniel knelt before God. He had a right perspective of what he possessed in himself and what God possessed, who his God was. And he knelt before him in surrender. Thirdly, he knelt often, it says. Daniel knelt three times. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, pray without ceasing. I don't know about you, but I can pray in the morning and feel totally stable and ready to go. But an hour or two later, conflict comes or crisis arise and my attitude changes. Daniel knelt often. So we see that is so important as we prepare our hearts and minds to face the circumstances around us. He also gave thanks. Daniel gave thanks, it says. Oh, this is the perfect time, River Church, to be a thankful people, to position ourselves before God and give thanks for the things that we do have and the things we are thankful for. Acknowledge, acknowledging the good that we already have in our life is the foundation to operate from abundance rather than poverty. So take a minute. Have, for kids, it's so fun. When my kids were little, we had a jar, and every time we were thankful, we put rocks into the jar. Or get a journal and write down every morning what we're thankful for. And it's amazing when we look around how thankful we are and how thankful I am for a place to live. We have enough food. We have enough water. We have community online. We have so much that we can be thankful for in this crisis. 
And then the last part, this is just, oh, these are the things when we read God's word and we see these little things and it's like God jumps out to us. It just creates so much passion for me. It says after it tells about how Daniel prayed and went to his house and knelt and gave thanks and everything, it says he did as he always did. What does that say to us? He did as he always did. It says that he had a rhythm and a consistency and a discipline of prayer. Do you see the value of us as we develop a rhythm and consistency and devotion to prayer, how it can prepare us for whatever we face today, our fear, our anxiety, our hopes, our dreams. As we develop that habit, we will see the fruit of that come out as we face crisis. Um, what we do every day prepares us for what we do when we face a crisis. What we do every day prepares us for what we do when we face a crisis. So he responded in prayer. We know that. He knew the power. He went to prayer. He soaked himself in the presence of God. And that hidden time away is what prepared him for the circumstances that he faced. 1 Timothy 4, 7 says, train ourselves in godliness. Train ourselves in knowing our God. Train ourselves in the security that comes from knowing him. These, this training works to our advantage when we face the most challenging things in our life. I want to tell you a personal story, and I went back and forth about sharing it, and um, I decided I would. But um, I've been praying for someone that I love in her marriage for quite a few months. And I've shed tears. I've shed tears with her. It's been a very tender time of prayer and just desire to see something changed. And as of March 1st, I decided I'm going to write down three verses that I am going to come before God on a regular basis for her and just trust him that he would bring these things to pass the desires of her heart. And as I've prayed, it's been frustrating because I haven't seen change. And I just decided I'm going game on and I'm gonna pray for these things, starting March 1st with these passages. And one passage is, one passage is from Chronicles. And it's about Elijah who is looking for rain because his, his people and his land are in famine and drought and the situation is desperate. And he sends his servant up to the mountain six times and every time to see if there's a cloud in the sky, to see if there's rain, and there is not. And the servant come down, comes down and reports that there's not rain. And on the seventh time, he went up to the top of the mountain and there was a cloud in the sky. And that little cloud, it says, was the size of the palm of a man's hand. And that cloud promised rain. I decided that was going to be one of the verses that I was going to pray for my friend. That God would give her a hope that something in their marriage would change. I decided to do that March 1st. On March 3rd or 4th, I got up for my normal morning walk and I, as I was rounding the bend, there's a place I see the sunrise. 
and right in front of me there was a big cloud in the sky with a little line and a little tiny cloud in the sky. And in the rest of the blue sky, there wasn't a cloud in the sky. It was picture perfect blue. And I, and I saw the cloud and I thought, okay, this is like weirdy dearty. Like, God, are you really speaking to me? Cause this has been my prayer. And as I sat there, because the Holy Spirit resides in me and I'd prayed and I was earnest about these prayers, I knew that God was speaking to me. I knew that he was saying, I'm going to show you that little cloud of hope. I'm going to show you the big cloud where the sun was coming through and it was radiant. And I'm going to give you a promise that I hear you and that I hear your friend. I'm listening and I want to take care of her and I want to take care of her marriage. And I will be faithful to that. It was a promise for me too, because even though the situation hasn't changed yet, I know that my God hears my prayers. And I know that he was promising that in the sky, the answer, the healing is coming. It's just not here yet. I can place my faith in what I saw because of the preparation I'd done in prayer. And I was ready to see what he wanted to do. So my challenge to you, River Church, is that we would get prepared, that we would get on our knees and that we would beseech our God, that we would seek his face, that we would be intentional about what we wanna see through these challenging times, how we wanna see him provide for people we love, how we want him to protect people from illness, how we want him to heal people in illness, how we want to see his hand and love all throughout our land and our world, even in these dire circumstances. So I read streams in the desert often and yesterday or the day before, it talked about a verse in Second Kings that talks about seeing the silver lining in the clouds. River Church, we want to see the silver lining. We want to remind ourselves that we have a loving God that loves us. And we want to stand firm in that position. We want to be prepared for whatever we hit. Many of you have gotten the push-up challenge. And you know, if you know me at all, what I did with the push-up challenge. Nothing. So my challenge is let's drop to our knees. Think about it. Will you drop to your knees in humility before God? Let's just do that right now. And humble ourselves. And just as a corporate community, as a community of faith, um, come before our God in prayer. And remain in this posture throughout our days ahead. Let, it, let me pray for us. God, we just... Um, relish the opportunity to come before you as a community of people. We have the freedom, God, to come before you regularly. We have the freedom to thank you, God, and we give you thanks. We give you thanks that we can have a video service. We, th we give you thanks for, for providing Kira and Josh to film our services. We give you thanks for the leadership that has come up in leading us in this new 
arena that we're unfamiliar for. God, we give you thanks for our safety, for our food, for our provisions. God, in, in Kings, you talk about providing chariots and horses around us that will lead us into victory. So spiritually, God, we come before you as a people and we call upon your name. We humble ourselves and ask you to spiritually provide the horses and chariots that will carry us into victory as we face our fear, our fear of having not enough, our fear of wondering where our provision is coming from, our fear of what's going to happen with our companies, what's going to happen with our churches, what's going to happen with our parents, the elderly, our families, our kids, people with breathing challenges. God, we come before you with all our needs and we ask you to provide and we sit securely in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This has been a podcast production of The River Church. To find out more information, please visit our website at riversouthbay.org.